0: where we aim to create a comfortable space that allows for active discussion without judgment.
1: Find us at thecuriousmother.com
0: and follow us on social media. Our Instagram is at thecuriousmother. Oh, and welcome to The Curious Mother. Um, we are very excited to have one of our favorite guests joining us today. Um, Dr. Sharon Sullivan is a pediatrician in our area and very dear friend to uh, The Curious Mother. And so welcome, Dr. Sullivan. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, Melissa, what have you been curious about lately? Oh,
1: such fun stuff. <laughs> I really want to talk about puberty today. And especially... This whole prepubescent period let, let, let's talk about it so this. Melissa and
0: I both have nine year olds and um, so we are well and I have a thirteen year old so I feel like somewhere in the daily house there definitely is like some puberty happening in some way um, but because my nine and my thirteen year old is a very private person I have no idea what is actually happening privately for him uh, so, but I was fascinated to hear the other day that um, that you pediatricians have some insight about, (laughs) about these things. (laughs) I realize I should already know that, but, um, but tell us a little bit about, um, what are some of the warning signs that your kiddo might be headed in the direction of puberty?
2: Warning signs. Warning Warning signs. Exactly. Please, please warn us (laughs) about
0: this awful transition (laughs) that we may enter.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, um, so the, the average age of puberty, um, can start in the United States as young as eight. Um, so wow. it seems to be, you know, that sounds shocking. Um, but it can. So, um, the key is taking your kids for annual checkup <laughs> so that if they are private and not showing their parents what's going on, somebody is checking to see their puberty status. Cause some kids do go into puberty too early and you want to make sure you catch that. Well, so does that
0: mean that you actually like, um, like there's is there an inspection process? Yes. <laughs> yes. Can you tell
2: me what you look for? In- <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so, yes, there should be at every well visit. Um, they the kids should be undressed and checked. Um, for girls, we're looking for any development of breasts or breast budding. If that starts before age eight, that's abnormal. In boys, the first sign is enlargement of the testicles, um, and that if it starts before age nine is too early. Okay. If if that's happening, what would you do? Well, you look for reasons. There's different reasons. Some, it may be just um, uh, what we call idiopathic, where um, it's just that their body kicked in too early. Um, There could be other causes, really serious causes, such as uh, brain tumors or other um, Mm. uh, adrenal gland tumors, which would be causing it. Wow.
0: Good to know. It's, I, it's. I know this is going to sound really crazy, but I um, actually cannot remember what age I was when I got my first period. I feel like I... That is crazy. Th- I know. <laughs> I, it's one of those things that you're asked like all the time. And I it's funny because I feel like it was 10 or 12, but I, I can't... Like, there's a part of me that thinks that it was 10, but 10 feels really young. So then I think probably it was 12, but I cannot at all place that information. And So when I, all I know is it was, I was an early developer and that was terrible and, um, So when I first had my – I was not as worried about this with my son because I I guess, like, from the psych side of things, like, being an early developer as a boy is not actually all that catastrophic. But from a girl, it can be really socially damaging. So I um, was really obsessed with the types of foods that I would expose my daughters to when they were babies or toddlers because I thought for sure it was about, um, you know, how much fat they had in their bodies but also – I was really worried for, we went through this period where there were like no animal products and then it was all soy. And then I like read about like soy being a natural estrogen. And I realized like I was flooding their bodies with estrogen (laughs) with all my soy products. (laughs) Um, What do we know about, so you said it could be related to a tumor anything else that, that kind of kicks off that puberty process earlier. Mm -hmm. I mean, even on the normal spectrum, right on
2: the normal spectrum. Um, no, I mean, in the grand scheme of thing, over the last few hundred years, it is improved nutrition and medical care that they think is making puberty a little bit earlier. But um, in your own kids' diets, there's been nothing pu- proven that's... Causing early puberty. Hearing you say improved nutrition <laughs> well. has
1: made us go earlier—that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Actually,
2: right? I love that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because I, 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 thought it was a, a bad thing. So, like, mm-hmm. are you are you saying that in a nice way, or is it really that we have improved nutrition? Well, I guess compare, <laughs>
2: comparative to you know a hundred or two hundred years ago, I guess. Okay. Now maybe we're swinging the other way to really not healthy diets, but
1: we'll see. So, aside from um, noticing. Physical changes. Are there any other signs that parents might see, like moodiness or (laughs) hormone, like raging hormones?
2: Definitely. Um, You'll see some moodiness sometimes before any of the physical changes. Um, The kids may cry, and they don't really know why they're crying, or they're um, more irritable.
0: What about... um One of the things that I've noticed, not so much with my own kiddo, but with his friends, is stinkiness. Can you tell Mm, me a little bit about that?
2: Why are are the boys so smelly? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. That's a good question. And actually, that is not a sign of early puberty. Some people just have more body odor than others. I'll have kids come in who are six, and they have body odor already, and we have to start talking about hygiene and even deodorant. But it does not indicate early puberty. Um, it just has to do with your sweat glands. But, yes, yeah, some people really stink um, and some don't. Now, definitely in puberty, the um, kids will have much more body odor, and you're going to notice that in the mid-puberty years.
0: Okay, so a stinky kiddo may get even more stinky Yes, when they hit puberty. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. One of the things that my son asked for recently was cologne, and I was kind of laughing to myself because, to me, I, he really has no odor. Now he smells like cologne. But, um, <laughs> But I'm like, can we also spray down some of your friends when I'm driving them around in my car? Exactly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It can get pretty pungent in there.
0: And it's not appropriate to have that conversation with their friends, right? (laughs) Probably Probably not. not. probably not.
2: But what age do parents, like, when should it be on my radar to introduce deodorant? Only when they need it, only if you're starting to smell um, that odor because you don't want them to get teased at school. That's the main thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So really when you start smelling them is when you get the deodorant.
1: It's not like age 11. Correct.
2: Okay. Right. Yeah, Mm -hmm. some kids may not need it at all,
0: but most do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, one of the things that I also remember when I was, so when I was in graduate school, I learned about this thing called the prepubescent filling period, where the body like gains fat in preparation for puberty. And this to me was like this huge game changer. Cause I was like, why does nobody tell the parents about this prepubescent filling period? Because I feel like um, in my own life experience, I had chunked up in preparation for puberty and my family freaked out and was like putting me on a diet and very worried. And of course, like I went through puberty, leaned out and it was all you know a lot of stress much ado about probably nothing and I feel like I have um, watched some of my friends kiddos go through this too and it's interesting because even from the parent perspective I keep telling myself like it's going to be okay this is you know their body is changing for them to grow but it is kind of hard like can you talk
2: a little bit what's happening there? <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's interesting, you said you learned about it in school because I never did. Um, we didn't really talk about that at all and but I have learned that in practice. Um, just watching the kids around ages eight to 10, they will get a little chunky around the middle and um, you notice a, a spike in their weight gain. and then you're right, they hit that puberty growth spurt and they lean out again. Um, so I try to reassure the families that that's gonna occur. Um, And I've seen it in my own kids. Um, So it's, it's really interesting. And I think it must be your body just sort of storing up for that growth spurt, um, because they're going to grow. Typically, kids grow two inches a year. And sometimes in puberty, they'll grow four or five inches in a year.
0: Yeah, I've even heard of them, like, growing an inch, like, like, it is actually possible for them to grow an inch overnight. (laughs) (laughs) That I don't know.
2: But But
1: I think it's so good for every parent, especially these health-conscious parents, to know that it's really okay. My daughter's nine, and we have already talked so much this month, her coming home. My friends think they're fat. Am I fat? Um, It's like the buzzword of I'm unhealthy, I'm fat, and if, if kids aren't anticipating that we grow and we change and if parents don't think it's okay there's so much shame that could happen and i would hate i mean is it possible for kids if they don't eat enough during that time to miss growth
2: um potential that that's a good question yes if they really were restricting calories and um or losing weight that could affect their growth yeah
0: okay well, and, um, you know, one of the things that came up in a um, family I was working with was, you know, uh, restricting sleep, you know, like, and how that can actually curtail the amount of human growth hormone they're exposed to. And so, you know, we were trying to coach the kiddo through the idea that you need to sleep because you do want to be taller and this is going to help your body grow. And and it was, it was interesting, like how much we had to have this kiddo understand that sleep was part of it too. For sure. So let's talk about girls getting their periods then.
1: Okay. <laughs> How do we prep our girls,
2: and what is kind of the average age where girls are getting their periods these days? So the average age is 11 in the United States, but it's a huge range. Um, and I always uh, tell my families that typically in girls, they will start their period two years after their breast buds develop. Really? So that's sort of a little window that you can look for. Um, not always the case, but typically.
0: What is the difference to um – between actual breast buds and maybe there being some fatty tissue, because I, you know, I have to say I've seen my kiddos tend to thicken up before they grow, and so there have been a couple of times when I thought they might have breast buds, and I have my daughters are obsessed with when they're going to get breast buds, so I feel like there have been times they have identified that this is happening, and then they grow and the thing they go away. So
2: <laughs> that's, that's the hard part. It is actually hard to tell sometimes, but um, uh, they just have a different. Um, feel and texture to them when they actually are breast buds versus fat, and that's why they need to. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine me like, palpating. Like let me. Right, you won't be able to tell. <laughs> but it is hard to tell sometimes. But if it's the right time, sort of nine nine to eleven, they probably are starting to develop their breast buds.
1: So, little question, a, a side question, not so medical here,
2: but is this when we start like training bras? Is that like when you have breast buds? Is it time to go? put something on mm-hmm. depends the kid on the kid you know some kids aren't bothered by it at all but i would say if you're starting to be able to see through a t-shirt can see their nipples or the breast buds it's probably time to just wear a little i tell them wear a little cami or a tank mm-hmm. top underneath yeah
0: it's so funny i can remember having bras forced on me because i i was a, to- a tomboy you know and i did not want to have to deal with that stuff and i remember my mom being like no it's time. And, and it's funny because the Daily House is the exact opposite. They both, like, they love everything about being a girl. So they have been, I mean, like, there was no, like, first bra shopping trip because they've been, like, wearing little, you know, play bras or whatever they are since they were, like, five. You know? so. Well, they have very cool ones now. It's they all do. different than it was years ago. It's so much better. Yes. So when we feel like we've got some breast buds, that's a good indicator that probably we're about two years out from when period starts yes usually Mm -hmm. what does that say about growth like so i had a friend who was told that um their daughter was probably a couple of years from getting their period and that also indicated that they probably were going to grow a good bit more like how does height play out with with um development
2: so in, especially in girls, um, once they start their periods, their growth definitely slows down. They're still going to grow another year or two, but not at the rate they did before their period started. And most girls stop growing about two years after their period starts, maybe even a year. It's really wow. quite dramatic sometimes. So that's why you'll see um, such a height difference sometimes in girls, because if they start their period early, they will be shorter than most girls.
0: So I, um, I also was, um, overkill with, it. so I was, I did not know what a period was until after I'd already gotten one. And so that was like the trauma of my development. I, I, obviously we have, we could do a whole other session on all of my traumas <laughs> about puberty. <laughs> um, but so to, to work in the opposite direction, I have had many conversations with my girls about this and bought many books, um, and uh the, to the point where now they just don't even want to talk about it anymore. But um any any things that you think are really essential to have in that talk.
2: Um that is a great question. Um what I usually reassure the girls about is that um everybody goes through this. Um it is not going to hurt. Um a lot of girls think when they see blood it's going to hurt. Um, so I usually as I'm doing their physical and notice that they're getting pretty far through puberty. I say, you know, it could start at any point. It inevitably is going to start at school or summer camp or when you're away somewhere or out. So start packing little, um, liners or pads, have them in their backpack, have them in their locker, um, just in case. And I tell them, you know, it, you'll just go into the bathroom and pee and there it will be, and you'll have no warning sometimes. So I just try to make it kind of matter of fact that that's what's going to happen. Um, but not to be worried about it and to be able to talk about it with um your family your mom the nurse at school that everybody's there to support you through it
0: what are what are some of the the imminent stuff (laughs) like what tells you that you need to
2: have that conversation um if they have pretty significant breast development and pubic hair then I would definitely be having the conversation
0: okay so those are the it's coming yeah
2: yeah if they don't have any pubic hair they're probably not close to having their period okay Okay. That's a good one to know. Yeah. That's a good one.
1: Especially I'm thinking about myself who I'm still waiting for my boobs to come out. Um, (laughs)
2: Correct. Okay. Yeah. Use that as the other marker.
1: (laughs) So a question I get a lot is, um, okay, so it's summertime. So
2: when is it age appropriate for girls to use tampons? They can use them right away if they'd like, as soon as they feel comfortable. Um, because beach, pool, all the other activities that they want to do, I don't want them to miss those things because of their period. Um, so I a lot of um, moms are freaked out about it. It really is odd. Um, but uh, I tell them, you know, as soon as they have one or two periods, if they're ready to try it, go for it. Okay, that's good to know.
0: Um, any particular, like, I guess I would imagine that maybe why moms are freaked out is because it requires some coaching, right? Yes. right. <laughs>
2: Correct, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, you know, (laughs) I tell them they do make really tiny ones now, slim ones for teens. So get the smallest ones. You can put Vaseline on it, KY, something like that. Get a mirror and, and, and just try to just, you know, try to not freak them out. Um, just tell them this is just part of their body. Um, make it as natural as possible. I guess. Mm -hmm. My mom did not do that. (laughs) So I'm hopeful that, you know, it's easier for them.
1: (laughs) You know, I'm thinking back, my mom would always be willing to talk, but I was so embarrassed. I could not talk about it. And thankfully I had older sisters. So the supplies were just in the house, but, um, is there anything a mom can do to try to make it
2: easier for her daughter to open up? No, other than just, I guess, just being open in general, you okay. know, to all conversations and, um, and and talking about it, but yeah. you're right. Most girls don't want to talk about it. Right?
0: Do right. you um, have you gone through the caring keeping of you? Have you done that with with yours? So we do not have that book. I did just buy Hello Flow. Okay. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> have you done a pre-read of Hello, Flo? Uh Yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: And, Good. Um, <laughs> so I will say, my daughter is like she's so curious and fascinated, and so open about it that it's more about me. Like I have to really manage my anxiety of like, oh boy, she asks some really interesting questions, <laughs> mm-hmm. and answering honestly is kind of hard because it is weird talking about what girls' bodies does. It's it can get pretty. Um,
0: Interesting, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. you are
0: right. Yeah, no, I yeah, it, it, um, yeah. We had a, that book is a, I did not do a pre-read before giving it to my daughter, and luckily she was reading it on. she was laying on my bed reading it, and when I first handed it to her, she was like, "Oh no, another period book." <laughs> She's like, "Mom, why do you keep buying me these things?" And I was like, "Well, you know, I'd rather have you be informed." Um, but yeah, it had a, a really interesting um, photo spread of the um, pubic care trends through the centuries. Have you? <laughs> do you remember this part? I bet we've gotten not gotten there yet. Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, just
1: just be prepared. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> did you like the American Girl series? I, I so we just got the first care and keeping of you. We did, I, I never graduated to level two, but the first one was great because it was just enough information not too much information you know in the sense of i mean it's funny i can't i feel like i now know by heart the the four pages where they cover periods and tampons and pads because we've read it like it's been the bedtime story at times like can we just go through what are pads and tampons again (laughs) so we've gone through it uh, many times um My daughters love the breast development spread in that book because they're, you know, they like to try to figure out where they are on the spectrum (laughs) and, of course, where I am on the spectrum. (laughs) I'm like, well, baby, you know, I'm not on that spectrum. (laughs) But um, I have found it's been a really good um, foundation for discussing things. Um, But yeah, so I would say that to me, the Hello Flow one is more um, humorous. Mm -hmm. But it is also a lot of information that I really never in. That I would cover, you know. I mean, it was it was kind of it was unusual to have a then have a conversation about yes that their women do things with their pubic hair, you know. And that was that was a little um, that was probably more than I was willing to go to on a Sunday afternoon.
1: <laughs> but at least there are books and materials for maybe moms who who are so embarrassed or uncomfortable talking that they can lead the conversation right. with written material. Yeah. yeah, I think
0: that makes it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, moving from the the girl side of things to the boy's side of things, um, you know, boys have a whole other set of issues, or issues is not quite the right <laughs> word,
2: um,
0: but uh, it, um, developmental um, uh, trajectories that they are on. Um, and I have to say, I got the boy's body book, like, which was like, kind of like the boy's version. And I believe my son shoved it in a drawer and has never cracked it open. Like, he... Um, and I can't tell if this is a, I'm not going to talk to you about this mom thing, or if this is just a, um, I don't want to talk about it, period. Um, any, have you had any conversations like when you're, when you are, say, seeing a patient and, um, what are the things that moms of boys need to be covering or encouraging the fathers to (laughs) cover? Right, right, exactly.
2: (laughs) Because they don't want to talk to their moms about it. My kids won't talk to me about it either. Um... Um, well, uh, so they de- they develop a little later than the girls typically, and it can be a huge range. I think that's some of the big concern boys have is when their friends are developing and they're not. Are they normal? When when are they going to develop? And because it also does affect their height, they tend to be smaller boys, not as muscular. Um, and they will grow, they will catch up. But that's what people come to me for. Is you know when am I going to catch up to my friends? So I have to reassure them that there's a huge range. Um, of time and some boys don't develop till they're 15 or 16. Um,
0: is that sometimes predicted by the dad? Like I've, I've wondered about that. It
2: is. Yeah. We call them late bloomers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if dad was a late bloomer, the, the boy may be too. Um, um, for moms of boys, <laughs> I guess it's more just being open to questions and having them come to you if they have any problems. Um, I try to, you know. Make it as light as I can when I'm doing their checkups and just tell them, you know, hey, this is just a part of your body, um, but you do need to be aware and make sure that everything is okay down there. And if you're having pain or problems, you need to come get it checked out. Um, Other things like uh, like difficult conversations with boys would be something like wet dreams yes. things like that mm-hmm. um, they don't want to talk about that at all with their mom but I think you know boys need to know that's normal and mm-hmm. not be afraid um, so they need somebody to tell them that so a book is a good way to start that conversation at least
0: Yeah, that was actually my um, goal in buying the book (laughs) was to have there be a resource somewhere in the house should he have questions because I just was imagining that I think it would be very hard to say what's happening with this. And it's one of those things where, like, I feel that being a mom of a son, you're almost trying to, like, parent, like, from a distance a little bit because I have all these curiosities about, like, where things are for him and, you know, and... It is – I have a particularly not talkative son, and it's like – and I find myself just in my head, like, wondering, you know, does he remember that the book is in the drawer if he has questions?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I – um, I try to catch my kids in the car and talk about it when, one-on-one, you know, when they're trapped with you in the car, but they certainly don't want to talk about it. But I just let them know, you know, that if they have questions about anything to ask me or their dad or their doctor, you know, mm-hmm. I'll have kids come and ask me. And actually that kind of ties into their checkups. That's re- you know, it's really important to have an annual checkup for many reasons, but definitely in puberty and and around thirteen or fourteen, I ask the parents to step out, as probably most pediatricians do or should, at least for a few minutes, to, to ask the kids do they have any questions regarding anything, but also about puberty, because some of them are embarrassed in front of their moms and they'll but they'll ask me, they'll open up and say, hey, you know, I have this, will you look at it? Um, so it's important. Do you feel that um, I? Is puberty when, like,
0: the gender of their physicians might matter? You know, like, because I, yeah. I wonder about that. That's
2: a good question. It depends on the kid. It totally depends on the kid. I have many um, teen boys who still come to me as their pediatrician, but we also have many who swap around puberty into the, to go to the male physicians. Um, but it, it really just depends um, on each individual. I'd say the majority of boys end up seeing male physicians if there's a male in their office. But What
0: are the things that parents should be, like, what are the, the stuff that we should be worried about or, like, maybe worried about is the wrong? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> when, is, when is it going wrong? <laughs> when do we know that development has gone in the wrong direction? Or, you know, when should, when should we be thinking, okay, this could be a, a bigger challenge?
2: In regards to, to puberty, puberty development, yes. yeah, um, early puberty. So if it's truly early puberty, that needs to be looked into and addressed. Um, uh, but, you know, like I said, that's before eight. A lot of people wouldn't assume that that's normal eight and later, but um, before eight um, or late. Um, that's more rare. But in girls, if they haven't started a period by 16, then you need to look into things, make sure their ovaries are functioning and that everything's okay. Because there are rare, rare conditions out there where girls don't have uteruses and, you know, Mm. there's other issues. Um, And
0: if you have a boy who's a late bloomer, chances, like, I guess benchmark it maybe. I mean, I think that um, my husband probably, he says he had his growth spurt when he was like 16 or 17. So probably it wouldn't be a late bloomer necessarily until... We've hit maybe where dad had that
2: gross burn. Correct, yeah. But you do want to make sure you're not missing something. So, you know, each year they should still be growing at least two inches a year. And if they're not, somebody should be looking into that. Or you also can... Um, there's a formula to predict their adult height. And if they're not tracking close to that, then somebody should look into that too, just to make sure you're not missing a growth hormone deficiency or delay. Because if you miss that and you miss their window of where you could have treated them, they will not meet their height they were supposed to be.
1: Mm. Let me ask you about that formula. (laughs) At what what age (laughs) can you predict how tall your child is going to
2: be? you never can truly predict because if you look at siblings, like my sister and I, if you look at uh, how tall our parents are, we should be the same height then if you think about it with the formula. But there's a window. So there is a formula, um, and I'll give it to you guys in case you want to write it down. It's um, if – so for a girl, you take dad's height and you subtract five inches. You add that to mom's height and divide by two. You take the average. For Mm. a boy, it's the opposite. You add five inches to mom's height and then average it with the dad's height. That gives you a range of about one to two inches on each side of that number. So it's a pretty big range, but it gives you a prediction on their growth chart. You know how at checkups we plot everybody on a growth chart? That's the big deal at pediatric offices (laughs) is your growth (laughs) chart. But that gives you a window, and if your kid is not falling into that range on their growth chart um, after age five or so, then you need to just make sure you're tracking it and that you're not missing that.
0: And does that, is that true for even, I know one of my kiddos was on the low end of the growth chart until pretty recently. Um, would that height predictor still, like, work for her? Or is that is that, like, extra information? Like, if they're low on the growth chart, does that say that maybe they would be low on what the prediction would be? Or does that no, have No, it
2: really doesn't. It, okay. it depends on when she hits puberty. That's the okay. big thing is um, um, whether her puberty is going to be later than her sibling's.
0: Um, anything that you wish parents knew you know like like I'm sure you deal with a lot of like scared anxious parents (laughs) any anything in particular you would love for them to know about parenting a kiddo through big hormonal changes oh that's good
2: (laughs) I would say um you know hormonal swings are normal in puberty you're going to see a lot of emotions swing if you see a kid um really withdraw, though, and they are locked up in their room and not enjoying their their activities that they used to do. Um, they're pulling away from things. That's not normal puberty. You need to investigate that more. Um, but it's normal for them to want to be more alone or, you know, reading in their room, a little bit of downtime. Um, to It's normal for them to pull away from their parents and want to be with their peers. But if they pull away from their peers and their activities, that's not normal. So you need to investigate that a little bit. Your, that's great advice for parents to yeah. be looking for.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Dr. Sullivan. You're um, welcome. If anybody has any questions, either curiosities that they would love us to address in The Curious Mother, or questions that you would love us to have Dr. Sullivan back to answer, we um, are always thrilled to be able to talk to her. And um, we thank you. So just go to our website and um, leave them on there. But we thank you for joining us today, and we'll talk to you soon. Have a good day.
1: We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of The Curious Mother.
0: Lauren more at www.thecuriousmother.com where you will find resources related to episode topics. Please join our community and add your voice. Follow us on Instagram
1: at The Curious Mother. Thanks for listening.